You're listening to The Theology Pit. This is episode four in our interview on Pentecostalism with Pastor Dave Howes from Church of the Living Christ. Don't forget to check us out on Patreon to hear the whole thing without interruptions. Patreon.com forward slash The Theology Pit. You fall into The Theology Pit. Theology You fall in The Theology Pit. Welcome back to The Theology Pit. This is Theology out of Pittsburgh, and not to be confused with a bottomless pit, because you know what we say when you, di- when, you, yeah, when you dive into a bottomless pit. You wouldn't dive into it. When you fall into a bottomless pit, you die of dehydration. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, podcaster, theologian, Samson Kovach, coming at you semi-live here through your earbuds or computer speakers or maybe your car radio, however you're listening. I guess it would be the radio, your car speakers, however you're listening to it. And thank you very much for listening. Um, You know, check us out on Facebook with uh, Theology Pit. Uh, the page itself. Um, our videos on YouTube, don't forget about them uh, with the Theology Pit. There's different content on there than what you're getting uh, through the um, the podcast here. Every now and again, there's some bonus stuff, but if you want to get everything, if you really want to unlock the full power of the Theology Pit, that's through Patreon. That's where you're getting you know all the good stuff right there. We're going to continue with our interview now, looking at Pentecostalism uh, with Uh, Pastor Dave, and uh, we're going to pick it up where we left off in talking about Bibles and what what translation of the Bibles and and you know what how how do you use them? I come from a background of the King James Version. Mm -hmm. However, when I was in uh, my undergrad and my aftergrad, that's why I call it (laughs) um, undergrad and aftergrad. I started to enjoy other interpretations. Uh, however, I, I, at my uh, the uh, institute and seminary where I received my master's degree, um, they said you could use whatever you wanted. Uh, where where I got my under degree, I graduated from uh, Southeastern University. In Lakeland, Florida, mm-hmm. and um, I was exposed to the New American Standard Bible, and I liked it because I thought it was closer to the original. Mm-hmm. And so I used the when I preach, I use the New American Standard Bible. Actually, I use the New American Standard updated <laughs> version. Okay. I haven't I haven't looked at the updated one. Yeah, so yeah. it's basically the same. Did they they smooth it out? Because I know. The one thing I didn't like about the New American Standard for people, I, I, I tell them it's good for study. It's not good for reading just because it's written in an English that nobody speaks. Yeah, basically. Like you would have him, uh, Jesus answered him and said. But well, when. What, what did he do? Did he answer him or did he say? We don't need two verbs. Yeah. What's going on? I know in Greek that makes sense, but what what's going on right. here? And so, um, yeah, for study. What's in our fine. pews? You want to know what's in our pews? Sure. In our pews, you'll find the NIV. Uh the New International Version, we have that. But I also study, when I study, I use my main text from the New American Standard, which was a compromise for me to from the King James. Mm-hmm. Okay, So going down King James to New American Standard, um, uh, I also look at other ones. I, I'm not into the, 
the message, even though occasionally it's not really a Bible, it's a commentary mm -hmm. on, on the Word of God. Though sometimes the message describes mm -hmm. that passage almost better than the passage itself says, you know. And so um, I don't preach from the message, and a lot of times I don't even use it. Mm -hmm. But I like to read it for my own yeah. purpose. Uh, but I also like the New Living Translation. Um, and it's more today's language. Mm -hmm. I like it, but I read it alongside. So what do, what do I do when I study? I'm studying out of the New American Standard. I'm reading also out of the uh, New Living Translation. And I'm also reading out of the NIV, the ESV, the... Yeah. Oh, you know, so many different ones because I want all access, but I don't want to be deceived. Mm -hmm. So I don't allow myself to be deceived. Have you, um, have you looked at the Net Bible, NET, the New English Translation? I have seen that. I haven't that, put much into it. That's one of my favorite because um, of the notes. The notes are translator's notes on why they chose the words that they did and what other ways of translating it, it could be and, and where it comes from. Um, and I found that to be really helpful because I can, I can read it and I can understand. Also, you know, um, having a, a background in Greek like that, you know, yeah. hel helps aid as well. But um, what surprised me is that uh, the software that I use, um, I don't know if you know Byron Curtis, I know he teaches over at Geneva. Yeah. Okay. He, um, good, good friend of mine, and he was showing me how, because he uses the same Bible software I do. And we got together, and he brought his laptop over and was showing me some of the little tricks for, you know, study. He opened it up. What do I see? The Net Bible as one of them in, yeah, in that he had. Good. And he said, and I said, you use the Net Bible? He's like, this is such a great resource for, for studying and really mm -hmm. digging into it. Mm -hmm. So... Um, you might want to look into it because it'll kind of save you the legwork and having a bunch of yeah. translations where in the notes you can. Well, I have that. And, and I have that uh, PC Study Bible on my computer, so mm -hmm. I can pull up anything at any time very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the other thing that I invested, I use, uh, I use Accordance if I have it up right now. Accordance. Yeah, the Accordance uh, software. It's for Mac. Oh, in, okay. In yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. Um, so, um, but anyway, um, what was I going to say? Oh, I just invested in, um, I, I like something in my hands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'm old school enough that I like something in my hands. Um, I just invested in a new American standard. Yeah, there you go. That's the net Bible. That's the net Bible. Yeah, um, that's it. And I in invested in a new American standard that has the translator's notes mm -hmm. in Greek and Hebrew. So I've got them side by side as I go through. They're telling me why just like you they're telling me why they translated yeah this to this and that's why i use um I, I use this here if you you know hover over note it'll tell you why they chose you know conscience you know rather than because of the conscience here in um uh, romans uh 13 uh, verse 5 for those listening um but but things like that but you know you hover over it and then you get the you know the the greek next to it and you can see the parsing and everything comes down. So um, I use it just as a study aid because it's nice to just have one that when you're curious of the wording or something like that, and then you can add the other parallels next to it. But um, it also, it's it's not a bad reading just to just to read it. The, um, the second edition that they put out, they softened the language. 
because especially in the Old Testament, they translated it the way it should have been translated. Pretty, pretty much literally, huh? And it's harsh. I mean, some of that stuff in there yeah. that, that people say to each other, that they say about, I mean, things, it, it's it, it's graphic. I mean, let's just, let's just be honest. It is graphic. And so the next edition, they, they just soften that language a bit and said, mm, we're going to, okay. Yeah, yeah. We're going to make that, uh, because that's another, uh, interesting things like, um, like, uh, one of the, one of the favorite things that uh, people like to point out is, um, in, um, I think it's Philippians three, uh, with the word scubala or scubalon, because it's in the, um, the accusative form. It, it literally translates to a vulgar term for fecal matter that's used for shock value. Well, what English word is a vulgar term for fecal matter that's used for shock value? No Bible ever translates it no. in the way that it is because it's it's like, oh, our Puritan ears can't hear that. <laughs> but when you look at it, it's, it's actually – and even the Net Bible didn't translate. I think they put rubbish or something in there or, you know, dung. I dung, think, yeah. I think dung was dung. like the, the closest that they would get. But um, it's like, well, dung's not quite no, not the quite strength. not what that means, but, yeah. But if you want to know what your righteousness is considered – that's what Paul is saying. That vulgar term for fecal matter is your righteousness before yeah. God. Yeah. Like, I mean, and that is a very strong image like that, you know. We can and in another place, it. he talks about it being filthy rags. And yeah, that's, the, that's, that's, a, we don't go there either. Oh, no, no, that's, that's something you talk about on a summer's eve. Let's just, <laughs> let's just put it like that. Yeah. If, so, if yeah. So, I mean, is, we, yeah. we, we have, we understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we need to communicate that as, as when you're talking to, yeah. to people, you know, you need to communicate that. But, um, it's interesting that you would bring that up now because tonight I have, uh, a men's ministry meeting where we're going to discuss, versions of the Bible mm. that we should read. Yeah. So now yeah. I'm going to research the Net Bible. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you so. go to Bible.org, okay. uh, free version of it, um, They their their goal when they did it in um, 2005 when it was launched was that anybody in the world should be able to have a decent Bible to uh, study from and to preach from. And so you're allowed to download it, and I think you're allowed to make up to a 1,000 physical copies without copyright permission from them. If you wanted to, I mean, you know, yeah. you you don't have to. But is that, um, is that the full range Bible? That's that's Old Testament, notes, New Testament. Yeah, all the notes, New Old Testament, New Testament. They may have a section. They they were working on some parts of the Apocrypha, which were you know pretty interesting too. But um, but no, it's, but not uh, the Pseudepigrapha. Um, no, not not because some some of that interests would, me too. Yeah, I mean, I would like to. I, I I did a theology pit on um like some of the Gnostic Gospels. And, and talked about them and, and you know that, that's part of my bibliology course whenever I, I teach it to people and we deal with the Gnostic Gospels and I say and somebody says you know why why aren't these other Gospels in your in your Bible and I just say have you ever read them read them read them that's right. read them and you'll understand why and I said let me let me tell you a story about the um, Aramaic version of uh, the infancy narrative of Matthew there was a woman, and this comes in a long list of the infancy narratives. Um, there was a woman who every day Satan would appear to her as a dragon and suck out all of her blood and leave her for dead. This happened to her every day. So her friends took her to where Mary was and baby Jesus and told her the problem. And so what Mary did was give Jesus a bath and then dumped his dirty bath water over her to cleanse her and then gave her the dirty diaper that Jesus was wearing. So when the Satan, the dragon, showed up again, she put it on her face, and fire and brimstone came out of it, and 
hit the dragon and ran him off. Sounds exactly like what you read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Oh, yeah. I, would I say, mean, it's like, I would and that's say. why I tell people, I'm like, read them. As soon just, as you read just some read of them, them it's, it's I mean, you know, it, I'm like I, I went through and I said, I don't know if, if, if Joseph was a master carpenter or if he wasn't. Because in some, he's making perfect cuts. In others, Jesus has to stretch out his tables to make them fit to properly. Make them fit, yeah. I, I'm like, you know, it, it goes both. And I'm like, so yeah, I tell people just read them. Um, I, I, I don't know if they've worked on it so much because it doesn't have the same historical significance as the intertestamental, you know, books do. Um, you know, because that gives you a really good background of that 400 years of what was going on yeah. with, with Israel before the, the New Testament came into right. being. So that's probably why they focused on that more. And um, let's be honest, there's a bigger market yeah. for it, too. Yeah. I mean, that um, it's, it's like with the, um, the woman caught in the act of adultery. You know, that technically shouldn't be in our Bibles. Um, it's, a, it's a later edition, and we find it in, in other places. But uh, I, I spoke with Dan Wallace, who was the um, senior editor of the New Testament of the Net Bible, and I asked him about that. And he said, well, here's the thing. There was a Bible translation where it wasn't included, and nobody bought it because people have such an emotional attachment to that. So what we did is we start the whole thing on a separate page, put it in double brackets, and we reduced the font size by two points to make it harder to read from the pulpit. And then we put a very lengthy note that goes along with it about the questionability of even if this, because some uh, manuscripts have it at the end of Luke rather than in John and, and you know, things like right. that. And you kind of come across stuff like that. Um, and so it's, it's just interesting to kind of get that background and to get that history. But and where Mark Lu where Mark ends in sixteen. Yeah, yeah, the long ending and, uh, of uh, yeah. Mark, the uh, the liturgical ending to the Lord's Prayer. I mean, you have all sorts of stuff like that. Um, Mark or John um, was is it John five? I think where the angel comes and stirs the water up at the pool of Bethesda. Yeah. Like that line shouldn't be there. It's not found in the earliest manuscript. Like it's just like little things like that. Like, it's just like oh, why is that in there? Why is it not? And, but they but the notes have all of that. Here's where the, the manuscript evidence is. And it, it's kind of nice to have a resource where you can understand why did this translation leave this out or why did it put it right. in? Because I've seen some people say, well, the NIV is no good because they removed all of this from there. And it's like, no, they didn't remove it. They're just saying, and usually they have a note on yeah. why certain things aren't, aren't included. Or it's in or, parentheses. Yeah, it, it you the, know, um, adds to it. Yeah, so anyway, that's uh, yeah. that's interesting that we would be having that discussion tonight, and you would bring that up. Well, so. Providence. Yeah, we're Presbyterians here. We don't, we don't believe in <laughs> I, provincial. I, huh? Yeah, I, I tell people, I was like, yeah, we don't believe in luck. We tell people good providence. Like, we don't do, like, we um. You know, we were. Uh, well, I don't believe in luck either. Yeah, well, it's, it, we were going to have a um, you know our tea party thing that got canceled because of COVID and everything, yeah. and yeah. and we were going to have um, uh, basket raffles that were going on, and I guess according to Pennsylvania, that was considered like gambling. It was a, a game of chance, and I said, "Did you explain to them that we're Presbyterians? These are games of providence. <laughs> <laughs> There's no chance here." And they, yeah. Yeah, but we still yeah. had to get that one. Exciting. So, um, okay. So the final one, the final part, we want to talk a little soteriology here. The Theology Pit is a partner-funded ministry. Please consider partnering with us by making a donation at thetheologypit.com. 
Just scroll to the bottom of the page, hit the donate button, and make a contribution to the best Theology Pit podcast on the internet. Now, let's get back to the show. Okay, I'm going to talk about salvation. So, walk me through how is someone saved? Okay, the idea of, or not the idea, the necessity of salvation is that someone under the uh, convicting power of the Holy Spirit has realizes I'm a sinner and I need to repent. See, I, we, we, don't, we don't take repentance out mm-hmm. and say, you know, it's all grace, 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 grace. And no, we're not sloppy grace by any means. We, we will say, and I will say, uh, have you come to realize that you are a sinner and you need to repent from your sin? Having made that a determination in their mind and even with confession with their mouth to say, yes, I understand I'm, consi- uh, I'm a sinner. Um, they then come and uh, present themselves to the Lord. Now, sometimes we will, I will pray a prayer with them and the prayer of salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a necessity uh, for them to understand what they're doing. You, you are denouncing the world evil, Satan, all of that, whether you believe Satan is a real thing or not, you're denouncing the evil of it, okay? Um, We, in particular, do believe there is a Satan Mm -hmm. and that he controls the evil in the world. So um, the understanding then is that they come with an open heart to receive, because here's what I believe, and as much as people don't like Joseph Prince, he made a statement one time that really caught me because he said this. He said, salvation is not behavioral modification. It is inward heart transformation. So when the heart is transformed, what is inward will become outward. And so salvation then is a transformation of away from what I used to be into what I am now by the calling of God through the Holy Spirit. I was convicted. Some, I can't convict anybody of sin, and you can't convict anybody of sin. We could try our best. We can preach hellfire and brimstone. We can, you can slap them on the head with the Bible, but it, it's not going to make a difference until— We're not uh, going to Smith Wigglesworth them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not going to make a difference. Until they come to the realization, and only the Holy Spirit can do that. And so then they're open to receive, and then we pray with them to receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. They make a confession of faith because the Bible does say, if you believe and you confess. Mm-hmm. Romans 10, 9, 10. Okay? If, if you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You will be saved, but you have to make a confession on top of that. So, what do they do? They turn and say to the congregation, "I have, I have received Jesus as my Savior. I'm now a Christian." And that confession of faith, if they don't want to make it outwardly, they can make it to somebody on the way out, just so that there's a confession. The idea that there's a confession of faith, but but the idea of confession not only is from the mouth, but it's also in lifestyle. 
And so there's a lot wrapped up in salvation. That's basically how we respond to uh, the idea of uh, soteriology. Okay. Um, is that where it ends? Uh, in uh, specify your question. All right. I'm driving at a very specific point here. I know you are. That's why I asked that. The um, One of the things that I noticed that you omitted from your soteriology in what this is, is the aspect of glorification, the resurrection. And I was just wondering... If you're using the term saved, do you include the glorification and the resurrection bodily? At, at what point? <laughs> at some point. Like, is that, is that part of salvation? Paul said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And because he because he said that there is a glory to attain, mm-hmm. so I would say yes to your question. The glorification there is a change. He also said in the twinkling of an eye, some something will happen to those mm-hmm. who remain. Yes, that is the transformation of this body into a mm-hmm. a spiritual. Yeah, and then that body. is, but that is part of salvation. That is part that of is salvation. That is the the end goal. That is the reason why Christ was raised first as our elder brother. So why in the last, you know, hour and a half through talking about salvation and stuff, why isn't that that stressed? Why isn't that looked at? Like why is it why is it more focused on the individual now than the reality of what is to come? Of what is to come, yeah. Um, That's an interesting concept for um you're gonna you're gonna make me say something I don't want to say <laughs> um, a lot of people a lot of people are not biblically and educationally responsible to understand that and so, therefore, we lead them to Christ. Well, that's not, my fault I'm that not, they're not like that. It, As a leader in the church, that's my fault. Like yeah. I've, and so yeah. that comes later. That's mm-hmm. our discipleship. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what? What? In, in salvation, we are intending to lead them to Christ, and then in discipleship, this is where your salvation takes you. Yeah. Now, the, so the it hope, is a discipleship. But wasn't the hope in the early church the resurrection, the bodily resurrection? You, we see that when um, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, and and Martha it was says except for him, the Sadducees. Well, uh, yeah, that's why they were sad. You see, because <laughs> they didn't believe in the resurrection. But um, uh, with with Martha, he says, "You will see your brother again," and she says, "I know at the resurrection." The, the the resurrection, the bodily resurrection, the the redemption of all of mankind was central within the church at that moment, you know. And so, why why does it feel like maybe? And I'm not just uh, accusing you of this. I think all denominations uh, have this because I, I've talked to people who are atheists that used to be in the church, and I would talk to them about the resurrection, the bodily resurrection of all people, and they said, "I've never heard that." Mm-hmm. Like, how could you grow up in the church and you know, be sitting there and going through the programs and doing all that and then come out of it and not even know the basic tenets of our faith. 
which is the bodily resurrection. That's what we hope for. Why have we been leaving that out? That's a very good question. Once you you figure it out. Well, that's why I preach it. I I preach the totality. I I preach the, the already and not yet. I preach the reality in Christ that we are, because the wording that Paul uses in the present tense is that we are still on the cross with him. We die with him. We raise with him. We will be glorified with him. It's all part of the apocalyptic eternal now. This is reality. This is how we understand salvation. If you're, if you're saved and you're using that past tense, well, from what? Well, from sin and death. Do you still sin? Yeah. Are you going to die? Yeah. Please explain this word saved to me again, if, it, if that's what you're saved from. And so I, I think that we, we should, I think there's really two things that, that um, we should connect. One is that, that the, the totality of salvation and, and what that means, not just where we are right now, but also that um, it's about the incarnation, life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Christ is where our hope is. And a lot of times we ignore a lot of that and just say, well, it's the death of Christ or the death and resurrection. Rarely does anybody talk about the ascension and the importance of, yeah, of him being ascended. You're right about there. that. I mean, because even in our communions, mm-hmm. we we talk about that, you know, the second coming. Yeah, yeah. And all of those that are alive and remain will be with him, go mm-hmm. with him. And yeah. those that are in yeah. the grave will go, you know. Yeah, Revelation 20 has the resurrection of the, the righteous and the wicked. I mean, everybody gets their bodies back. And, and then, you know, for the uh, for the righteous, um, there is, you know, the reign of Christ. For the wicked, it's the great white throne judgment. Like we, and we, and we see that. Um, so it, it's just been, it, it's always been on my mind of why don't we preach salvation as completed in Christ? And I've never, I've never really understood why we don't do that. So with with my preaching, I mean, you you look it up any any Sunday when I'm talking about redemption, I'm going the full gamut. Yeah, and it's sure. and it's all in Christ, all, all the way to. So the that's end. why I was I was curious within your within your statement because our statement of faith makes the same mistake. I mean, it does the same. It, 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 it I shouldn't say mistake. It omits things that it it shouldn't, and that's what I mean. It's like you put things in there because that aren't you know our importance. I think in all of this is the present nature. The present nature is to get them saved. Yeah, but that's but that's a focus on the self. But that's a focus on yeah, which I'm, is which which is a definition but definition then in, of sin. But then in the discipleship class, yeah. it's opened up more yeah. Uh, um literally. A, a theologian that I really like is uh, TF Torrance. And he described faith as the mode of human reason that's been adapted to divine revelation. The mode of human reason that's been adapted to divine revelation. What God has revealed, your mind adapting to that, is the centrality of your faith. And that that's what faith is. And and what is that? It is the life, death, burial, resurrection, ascension of Christ. And that is where our hope is. So explaining to people that having your faith in Christ is just as important as missions work and telling people about that faith in Christ as it is in the hope of the resurrection bodily for you because you are going to be raised incorruptible. You are going to have a body, a new body, without sickness, without death, 
this is what is going to happen. This is the end result. This is our end goal. It's not floating around on clouds. It's not being, you know, immaterial. It mm-hmm. is both material and immaterial mm-hmm. brought back together. Mm-hmm. And so when I think of salvation and I think of justification in the sense of teleologically that there is an end to it, that this, this combines it all. Christ did all this for you. That's why you're going through this now in sanctification and, and doing these things because you will be glorified. Yeah, there is a you, you will be yeah. yeah, and this is it. I mean, let's be honest. If it was just about living a better life, I'd rather be a Buddhist. Why ruin, why ruin my Sundays? You know, I mean, seriously, I'll go stare at a wall for an hour or whatever. You know, I mean, I don't mean to disparage Buddhism, but I'm, I kind of do. Yeah. But, um, but, but it's like if, if we cut the redemption short, it's like we're not giving the full we're not giving the full message yeah, you know, to people that are that are coming to Christ. I mean, it, am I coming because I mean, I've I've heard people say, "Well, I want to be a member of a church because, you know, my grandfather was and he passed away and he was a good man and it just seems like a good thing to do." And I'm like, that's not what church is about. No. That's not what being part of the body of Christ a- absolutely is. Absolutely not. But that's generations of people saying, "Well, you'll have a better life." Or you're not or getting into heaven on your grandma's faith. Oh yeah, I mean stuff like that and everything too. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's but uh, it's but it's like it, but even that then they would say, "Well, yeah, I know, it's it's my faith." It's like, "No, it's Jesus Christ." This, this okay, we got to centralize this here. Yeah. This is yeah. there's a reason why. I mean, there's a reason why his life mattered and why he wasn't just killed as a baby. Cuz I've made that argument before. I, I I've said that if people say, "Well, it's just about the death of Christ." I'm like, "Well, why not kill him as a baby then?" I mean, theologically, we could make the same thing happen. Sure. The young lamb was brought into the family of a couple years. It lived with the family for a while. It, it sacrifice was made. They put the blood on the doorpost, the Passover. I was like, we could theologically do enough, you know, gymnastics to make that work. But if there's more, then that that can't work. And I think that that's that's a part of it. Mm-hmm. And especially when we look at the early church and how they held to that understanding of Christ's life and the way that he lived was the reason for the way that he died and his resurrection and ascension and that he representing us, we are to follow our master in that that path. I can't disagree. Thank you for listening to The Theology Pit. Please take a moment to rate our podcast and leave a comment about what you like or what you don't like. Each rating and comment helps others discover this show. Don't forget to visit us at thetheologypit.com to make a donation. While on the website, we would appreciate it if you would share these podcasts with your friends and family on social media. Our Facebook page is also titled The Theology Pit. Stop over and give us a like. If you have any questions or topics you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, please write to samson at thetheologypit.com. That's samson, spelled S-A-M-S-O-N, at thetheologypit.com. Now, here's a preview of next week's show. Okay. Well, I just—I certainly don't disagree. And that's why I was, um, yeah, that's why I was getting at, you know, that question of like, you know, what is the sine qua non? What is the without which not for someone to be saved? And that just seems like such an important piece of information. Yeah. But but if you took, let's say that you took just the justification aspect of it and the glorification aspect of it, okay, and you took away the sanctification aspect of it, you would you would probably be more tempted to say, well, that person's probably not saved. There is no... Um, well, know. if you did that, then you could live like the devil and still... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There would be what's, what's called orthocardia. There is no right heart. This and there more on no, the next you know, Theology Pit. There is...